Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis. And know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. After almost probably a month now, um, Fat Guy Forum is back. This is Gourmet. I'm with you again. I'm excited to be back to recording. I appreciate the support of everyone out there listening that is still here. And maybe we picked up some new people along the way. You never know. But whatever it is, I'm glad that you all are here to listen to the next story that the forum is bringing you. And today, we are going to be talking to Tony Acosta. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. We had a we had a rocky road to get in recording. You know, we had a couple times scheduled and canceled and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And then we had some fun today. But we are finally talking. So I... Don't want to even wait anymore, man. I just want to get into it. Tell us, Tony, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, I guess my qualification comes from the year 2001, 6th grade, Tony Acosta, Lake Gibson Middle School. I was dubbed a nickname, Two-Ton Tony. Mm. Two-Big-Titty Tony. Mm. (laughs) Kids are sweet. Yeah, man. I I was, uh, you know, I was relatively, like, just, you know, a, an okay-sized kid in elementary school, but fifth grade hit, and I don't know if it was puberty or... It probably just wasn't doing them pushaways, just eating whatever I wanted from Grandma's house, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I blew up. I blew up big time. And so, from there on in, you know, weight had been a... was Weight was a challenge in your life. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think, you know, the way I was raised... Um, People didn't really think about, you know, food, how, you know, I think we should think about it. Um, Food was rice and beans and bread and butter and very, very traditional, you know, Hispanic house, like rice and beans every single night and like not a little helping, like a huge helping, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, a little bit of chicken, like, you know what I'm saying? But the bread and butter and, oh my gosh, pizza. That was a hot thing, you know what I'm saying? They called me Tony Pizzas in my my neighborhood Mm. where I grew up, man. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to have to take notes of all the nicknames that you've probably had throughout your life as we, as we go through the episode, man, just so I can keep track for myself. But we'll hit you with a pop quiz later, man. There we go. There we go. So growing up big, like when, so sixth grade, was that when you first really became conscious of it? Like where, where was your head at as you were growing up? Yeah, you know, I think kids are nice, uh, you know, pretty nice, fairly nice through like elementary school. And I got by under the radar because like I said, I wasn't a huge kid. But uh, I think kids exploit other kids' weaknesses as soon as they get a little bit of freedom in middle school. And you know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like normal, which is like shitty to say. But like, 
schoolyard bully like mentality. Pick on the fat kid, you know, pick on the kid with the acne, pick on the ugly kid, pick on the kid with the braces. Like everybody's just trying to like make each other look bad to look better themselves. No, understood, understood. You know, I I growing up around this, you know, around that same age, you know, was when I became very conscious of, of my size. And I just remember like, it's funny, I look back, I've been looking back on a lot of old p pictures recently, and I wasn't anywhere near as big as I thought I was. But back then, like you're just your frame of reference and your perception, you know, can be shaped not just by the body you're in, but by what the people around you are saying. Oh, yeah, 100%, man. Like, I look back at, like, some pictures of me in high school, and my friends in high school used to always be like, oh, you're fat, you're fat, you know? And I'm like, dude, that guy was not even fat. He mm -hmm. was rocking it, you know what I'm saying? I was a stud. <laughs> mm, understood. And so when was the first time that you remember actually trying to do something about your size? Like, was there a, a first diet or just changes you were trying to make? Like, when did that start to come into, into play oh, for you? Oh, yeah, I, I remember the summer between 6th and 7th grade. And um, I was at a, and it's crazy that you asked me this because I can remember it vividly. I was at a friend's house and they had an above ground pool. And you know what I'm saying? Like we were playing like Marco Polo or something. And I cheated because like it was hard for me to catch the kids because it was hard to swim. And the dad of that house, like, you know, he caught me cheating and he called me out on it. And, you know, he said, you're cheating because it's hard to swim and maybe we need to do something about your size. And. You know, now that I look back at it, it was like, you know, something like, I think he was a very, very concerned parent, but you know what I'm saying? Obviously not in charge of me, so it's kind of hard to control. You know, obviously you and I know diet's 80% of it, you know what I mean? But um, that summer, I remember he started to help me try to lose weight and run around the neighborhood and doing push-ups. I remember like getting chairs out of my dining room and doing like bench press, you know, like laying on the ground <laughs> and like little mock curls and jumping on the trampoline and stuff like that but uh it just didn't um the weight obviously didn't really move too too much and so did you continue to get bigger as you grew up like when because we're going to get to kind of where you were at your peak but you know as far as it goes from there like when you get into high school like what were things like for you then yeah i did um you have to understand my childhood was kind of you know different than most people i grew up with my grandmother because mm -hmm. my mom was out of the picture my dad was out of the picture um both really really bad drug addicts and had some prison time never met my dad met my mom a few times in my life but um you know what i'm saying fast forward i lived with my grandma growing up like i said and we had you know a certain type of diet a certain type of way we ate i spent a little bit of time with my aunt and i started getting better nutrients and i was in pretty good shape as an elementary school but when i moved back with my grandmother in middle school that's when i started really gaining this weight at like a really rapid rate and i remember asking her if i was fat and she was like oh yeah <laughs> like you know she was telling me it was, it was fine i was aware of it you know at the time i was just trying to be the funny fat guy well is and, it isn't it always fun when the family members that are providing the food are the ones that are telling you you're fat Oh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. God bless her. She didn't mm -hmm. know no better, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, long story short, my grandmother gets sick and she dies. And without getting into the gist of it, she uh, I, I end up going into the foster care system. And um, the first family I was placed with was the summer between, oh, it was eighth grade, the end of eighth grade and the summer before ninth grade. 
And these people were like fitness enthusiasts. They played basketball. They played Foursquare. They went on bike rides. They went on family walks. There was only one TV in the house in the main room because they didn't want their kids watching too much TV. They did pool volleyball, youth group, you know what I'm saying? Lots of chores, lots of volunteer work. Like, they were busy people, bro. Um, they took me on a road trip to Wisconsin, you know what I'm saying? I did a lot of, like, crazy things I had never done with these people. And in wake of that, on my way into ninth grade, I look in the mirror, and I'm like, huh. You know what I'm saying? This is probably, like, this is, this is the lightest I probably was. And that was, like, 209 entering ninth grade. And, you know, I felt like I looked pretty good. And uh, I was very aware that I had lost weight because I had been as big as like 240 already. You know what I'm saying? Like a big, big boy. And um, was starting to shape up and entered high school and started to do like, you know, little sports football because I'd been playing Pop Warner football for a few years before that. And, you know, was able to kind of eat whatever I wanted because I was expelling so many calories every day. You know what I mean? But, uh, that's kind of, um, you know what I'm saying, that, that was kind of my story until football was over and there was no exercise and there was no coaches telling you the stuff you need to do and I just started eating and eating and eating the same way I've always ate and started packing on the pounds fast. I mean, I graduated high school, I was heavier than I am right now, I was like 285 pounds. I was a big boy. No, understood. So you graduated high school at 285. Where did things go from there for you? I um, graduated high school, and if you're a foster kid in Florida, you get to be a part of pretty much like a, you know, it's like a grant almost for kids that are wards of the state. And you qualify for free college, and they give you some money to keep your grades up. And I did okay for a semester, and then I moved up to Tallahassee and just basically stopped going to class, stopped caring. Lost all those benefits, ended up getting in trouble with the law, um, had to go back home, you know what I'm saying, came back home, didn't, you know, start hanging out with the right people whenever I, I was done being in trouble, and uh, things escalated from there, man, you know, it's funny, in the middle of this, in the middle of this whole rapid weight gain, I did rapidly lose a lot of weight, because in 2010, I started smoking meth with my, uh, with my buddy's uncle, who's the manager at Bob Evans. I was living with this guy at the time. And it was an accident, you know what I'm saying? As accidental as it could be smoking meth. Right. <laughs> you know, but um, it was, honestly, I'd, I'd experimented with a lot of drugs and done drugs. And I was drinking a lot at this point in my life. And um, he just told me, you should try this because it'll help you wake up. And I was like, no, no, no. One day I got called into work like 5 a.m. I said, hey, I need some of that stuff. And I tried it. And it was crazy. And it changed me and it was terrible but i lost a lot of weight in that time so <laughs> i looked like shit man i was gonna I say not 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 in a way that you would recommend to anyone no no absolutely not yeah so what where did things go from there uh, you know i ended up just one day i was homeless at this point i was jobless didn't really have any friends because i was a fit i was a thief you know, my reputation around town was was not very good. It was not that of one that you would want to give somebody a job or a hand up or, you know what I'm saying, or really be a friend at the time, and I understand that. And um, I was living basically between this gas station, behind this gas station, and at this pool, 
and um, showering at the pool and, you know, using the bathroom there and whatever and any little bit of money I could get together, you know, I'd be basically getting drugs. And one day, the sun's rising at this place and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm just disgusted with what I see and I decided right then and there that it was time to make a change, you know. I was going to stop doing meth and I turned myself into a detox and, you know, did a little bit of the rehab thing and then just really... Just changed trajectory, man. I had a lot of things happen for me that were really good. Had a lot of good people look out for me. Um, yeah, I, I was very, very blessed, man. Very fortunate. A lot of people don't get out of that situation the same way I did. No, oh, and for sure they don't, and which is why it's good to hear, man. And so you're getting yourself out of that situation. Where, where, where are we going next? Uh, you know. I guess it pretty much fast forwards to I'm part of this missions trip organization that does like little inner city missions work. And um, we're going to this community over where I met my wife, actually. And I met her in 2011. And it was summer. It must have been June or July. I think it was actually it was June. And I met her and I knew I wanted to, you know, start dating her and stuff. And I just so happened to get an opportunity to change my whole like this was a crossroads for me this this position in my life they offered me an internship to move into the parsonage at the church and live on campus there and be a part of a program for a year so you know this is basically like me i'm living you know just out of you know all this drug addiction out of all this craziness out of this jail out of this bs lifestyle that i'm living and i get an opportunity to change it so I jumped all over it. And there was a pretty girl in the mix too, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, why not? What do I got to lose? Nothing. Did that and um, ended up marrying her a couple years later. We had our first kid. Moved in with her mom because I was poor. Broke. I was poor, man. I was P.O. Couldn't even afford the O.R. You know what I'm saying? And we lived with her mom for almost a year and finally, you know, Got our stuff together, and I got a job doing lawns and a job at Bob Evans, you know, serving tables back at the old Bob Evans. <laughs> and um, from there, just basically, you know, was living life. We had a nice little duplex, and we were just trying to grow. And we had our one son, then we had our second son in 2015, and you know, I was cutting grass and, you know, just doing the same old thing, man. And what was going on with your weight during that time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Fat guy for him. No, man. it's okay. It's okay. No, my weight was... It's all a part of the story, man. It's all a part of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing about uh, church folks, man. They like to eat. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know that, bro. Oh, yeah. So we be eating good, man. You know what I'm saying? I used to go from... The, the way... When I was partying, I think I was able to keep weight off because I would literally choose to drink over eat. You know what I mean? I had just enough money to get a bottle of booze or, you know, go to Taco Bell and get a few burritos, like, I'm just getting a bottle of booze, you know what I'm saying? Uh, my weight wasn't good at the time, man. At, at this point in 2015, I was like, I had just, actually, scratch that, I was big. I was 330 pounds. I remember, I was the same as when I got married, 330 pounds. I was a big boy walking around. And in 2015, I got this new job. Uh, as a medical correspondence uh, manager. And I started joining this gym 
over by where it was. And this was my first crack at starting to get in shape. And it's funny because I, you know, I really never think about this, but this was it. This was my first chance. I probably got down to about 290 and got really satisfied and just packed it right back on. You know what I'm saying? Mm, you, yeah, you know what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying, dude. That was the crazy thing that caught me about your story. You know what I mean? It's just like, and I don't know, everybody is, uh, let me not get off track. But anyway, yeah, I just, I lost that weight and got satisfied and then I gained it all back. Well, I think that happens. Like, you know, I, I talk to people about it all the time. Like that idea that there's always an impetus for getting started when you're losing weight. And especially when, especially for guys, when you're in the 300s, it's like when you get into that like 275, 280 or so range, life is way different than it was at 350 or 400 or whatever it was. And so it's almost like at that point, you consider yourself like, I'm okay where I'm at. Like I can manage this. But really, you haven't done most of the stuff you need to do to manage staying there. So where do you end up? Back where you were when you got started. Uh, yeah, bro. I mean, I, I've, I've literally, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So fast forward from there, I get a different job. It's a desk job. Um, I don't have to work as much, so my time is more available. So, you know, I, I get to start going to the gym again. Psych, not really. <laughs> I was using my lunch hours to like go and get liquid lunches and just be a drunk, belligerent jackass at the bars. You know what I'm saying? It really just wasting time. And I got two small kids and a wife at the house at this point And, you know, started dabbling with cocaine. And, you know, really had a bad little habit for a little bit, man. You know, I look back and... 2018, 2019 were really dark times for me. This is all after I started gaining the weight, you know what I mean? From 2015, you know, I'm starting to gain weight, gain weight slowly, slowly, slowly. And then uh, 2017, sorry, 2017 comes. I do a challenge to lose weight, um, like a little 12-week challenge at this local place. Lost a ton of weight 10 weeks in. But literally, like you said, I hit 280. I was like, damn, I look great. I look fabulous. I'm going to hit the bars. I'm going to go be on the boat. I'm going to go do the same BS that got me here in the first place. You know what I mean? It's just like I didn't learn my lesson the first time, and it was crazy, you know? So I, this time, now I'm drinking. Now I'm doing cocaine. Now I'm eating like shit. Now I'm not moving. You know what I'm saying? I'm just really a dirtbag at this point. Like, just like, bro, I've said this to people before. Like, I look back at the meth days, and, yeah, I'm ashamed. And, you know? I'm embarrassed of it, but bro, not as ashamed and embarrassed and have as much guilt that I hold with me as whenever I was choosing to party instead of hang out with my sons, bro. Like I wasted so much precious time that I'm never going to get back. And that's my big thing that like, that's the reason I try to be really open and I'm kind of like telling my stories because bro, there's a lot of dads out there that struggle with, you know, their weight. They struggle with putting down the bottle. They struggle with illicit drugs, bro. That, like, you know what I'm saying? Just one little dibble-dabble of that fentanyl put you down forever, bro. You know what I'm saying? Or I could have got a DUI. I could have killed somebody. I could have killed myself, bro. I would have been robbing my kids of their dad or robbing somebody else of their family member. So that's, I, I look back at those times, like, you know what I'm saying? The 2000, you know, the end of, like, 2017, 2018, 2019, those were really dark times for me, bro. And, um, you know, I, I gained all this weight back and then 2020 happened 
And honestly, like for a lot of people, it was a really bad thing. But um, for me, it was kind of a good thing, you know, and I hate to say that because I know a lot of people lost a lot of things, bro, but, you know, I was able to capitalize on the bars being closed, you know what I'm saying? And it didn't stop me from drinking. And I still, you know, would drink and eat like a freaking glutton. And I had these neighbors. They were awesome, bro. This lady was seven. She could cook. So I would go and I would drink probably like six to eight of these tall boy beers with my neighbor. and You know what I'm saying? Get a plate of food from, from his house and then go home and eat my dinner. Like, you know, two dinners just like hanging out, eating ice cream, still, you know, just dibble dabbling. I had pretty much gotten, like, clean off of, like, you know, blow at this point, and, you know, I was just drinking and dibble dabbling, but, um, it was two thousand, it was June 26, 2020, you know, ironically, the bars had opened back up, and it was lunchtime, and guess where I was? Sitting over there at the bar, doing my thing, having my three, four fingers of Jameson straight, like noon, you know what I'm saying? And uh, this guy I'd seen lose a bunch of weight. His name's Jonathan Florentino. I'm going to name drop him. He's my buddy. He came up to me, and he did the best thing that anybody can do for somebody that they love. He called me on my shit, you know what I'm saying? And he didn't He didn't co-sign my bullshit. He said, he's like, bro, you look, you look terrible. You're huge. Look at you. Look what you're doing. At this point, I have three sons at the house. You got three young boys at the house and a wife, dude. What are you doing? And I was like, kind of, I had watched him lose a bunch of weight at this boxing gym. And I was like, oh, I'll join one day, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, come join today. Come do it today. Come do it now. And I was like, it was pissing me off. I was like, you don't think I got it, bro? I was like, I got it. At this point, I'm 385 pounds, bro. But I'm, I got pride, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm one of these big guys that's like, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm lifting, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm strong. And, you know, this is mostly muscle. Just like, you know, the bullshit. You know what I mean? And um, he calls me out on it, and I get pissed off and full of pride. And I tell my wife, get my gym bag, get my boxing gloves, get my shorts. I'm going to the boxing gym. And she's like, okay. She brings it to me. I go to the boxing gym, and I get a big old fat slice of that humble pie, bro, because I realize I'm completely out of shape. I'm, I'm grossly out of shape. And it's funny because you probably don't know this, but, you know, I have an old Instagram handle, and I used to – Stock some of you guys, some of you big guys that had lost weight, you included, you and my boy Poro and Josh Pels and uh, a couple other guys, you know what I'm saying? And I was really just enamored with, you know, what you guys were doing. And I felt like if I did some sort of, you know, documenting, you know, losing weight, it might encourage me and it might encourage some other people and just kind of, you know, share my stories and my struggles and things like that, you know what I'm saying? At, at one point, I started like a, a little blog and things like that. But yeah, June 26, 2020 was whenever it really started for me, bro. And it was in the boxing gym, and then eventually it evolved into the CrossFit gym and a hybrid of them both. And I lost a lot of weight. I got under, you know, 300 pounds, and I was like 299. But, you know, historically, what do I do? <sighs> I, got, I got super comfortable and just started going back to my old habits and just like, messing around and not learning anything. So this is like, I've gained, I've lost weight in 2015. Now I've gained it back. I've lost weight in 2017. Now I've gained it back. I've lost weight in 2020, 20 slash 21. 
and now I've gained it back. You know, mostly because at the end of last year, um, man, I weighed in. I was whopping 346. You know what I'm saying? I put that back 46 pounds on the board, a little bit more. And um, this January, I just set out with a goal. I said I want to lose 100 pounds this year. And the reason I want to is because I don't want to be satisfied at 290 pounds. You know what I mean? I don't want to be satisfied at 280 pounds. Like people tell me all the time right now, they're like, you look great. Oh my gosh, you're losing weight. You look skinny. But I try not to get caught up in my headspace because I just know right now the job is not done. The same way I feel about how I've robbed my kids of their time is the same way I feel like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to rob them of time with me because I wasn't willing to make the sacrifices and do the work to, to you know, buy a few more years with them. Honestly. No, understood. So let me ask this question then, man. Looking at starting the beginning of this year, what what was different? What has been different? Because like you said, you've done you've lost weight before, you've put weight back on, you've lost weight before. You know, and that's a question that I've asked myself many times in my life. Like, so what what did you have to do differently this time to feel like you're actually on the course that you need to be on? I mean, man, it's just you know, 75 hard, I did it this year, and it really it really helped give me a lot of perspective. And uh, I just completed it uh, last Friday, and I'm on day two today because I'm doing it again because I love it so much, and I think it's really good and beneficial, and I think there's something to mental fortitude and mental toughness that I haven't had, and I didn't build it up inside of me before. And that's what I've been lacking because I'm a hard worker, you know, by nature and just naturally I'm a hard worker, but getting reps of, you know, telling people like, no, I don't want to go party. I don't want to go drink. Like that's important. Getting reps of like not grabbing like a snack cake out of a cabinet. Like that's important. You know, getting your reps of saying, I'm going to go take a walk first thing in the morning and, and just, you know, being the king of your schedule. Um, it just, the program helped me get a lot of things in my life, you know, sorted out and honestly this last weekend dude i did some historical tony acosta stuff i had some drinks and i you know kind of let loose i still worked out and i did all the things i need to do and i still made it through the weekend actually losing weight but i was just like i don't want to do that again so this is the first time i've said this in a public setting or a public place you know this is a public forum but like i'm doing 75 hard again but this time, like, one of the things, like, whenever I'm done doing 75 hard is just me personally, like, I have no plans on drinking again. Just because I personally don't think it's, you know, something that I can do and just be successful as a person. I think there's too many empty calories in it. And this isn't me attacking anybody that drinks alcohol or parties, you know, freaking party on, rock on, dude. It's just the difference between me and you is I'll throw back 13, 14 beers black out and go get a bag of blow you know what i'm saying dude it's just like not worth the risk for me it's not you know i had my days i had my fun and i made it through unscathed so it's just like why not quit when you're ahead you know what i'm saying well i think that's exactly the point because i think that's something you know that that cuts across lines like even when it comes to food stuff like it's that idea of of something being worth the risk like when someone you know you see a lot of people you know in the in the kind of the fitness influencer space saying like you know, you don't have to cut out any foods from your diet. You just have to manage your portions or you can eat anything and lose weight. And, you know, scientifically, sure, you probably can do that. But there are people, you know, I include myself in them that have to avoid some foods because they're not worth the risk. 
they're not worth that place that it eventually leads to, you know, and like people, you know, it's funny because I was talking just with someone over DMs the other day, you know, and they were talking about their like, you know, I understand food addiction is a real thing. He's like, but I've never known anyone, you know, that's stolen money from a family member to get food. And I'm like, well, I have. I'm like, I, I, you know, as a kid, I would steal money from, you know, my mom and dad's room all the time, you know, to, to get to feed my habit, to do what I was doing. And I'm not saying it's the same thing or anything at all, like directly correlating. But what I'm saying, you know, what it comes back to is like knowing yourself and knowing the situations that, yeah, you might be able to manage it once or twice, but is that worth the risk of what might happen? You know, knowing, right. like, knowing the so things that you could lose, like putting your kids up against drinking, like is losing more time with them worth the chance that that could happen? You know, and that's, and that's a really hard, that's a great thing to hear you say, you know, and I'm proud of you for sharing that because I think there are people out there that are like, you know, I, I can manage this, you know, I, and, and then when they don't manage it, it's, you know, they're just a, they're just a screw up of a person. And it's like, well, that's, you're not a screw up. You're not a broken person. You're just a person that keeps putting yourself in situations that are leading, you know, enabling you to go to a bad place. Like maybe the, maybe the step needed is taking yourself out of those situations for a while, you know, whether that's permanently or for a while, take yourself, yeah. take yourself out of those situations. Yeah. And I think that's what, uh, I think that's what, you know, 75 hard kind of did for me. And, uh, you know, even when I was in those situations, uh, a lot of the times it was easy for me to say no, because I was getting my reps saying no. And to be honest, to be completely frank, I could have done everything I did this weekend, not drink and had just as much, probably a good time. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the incredible thing. It's just like, what is it worth? You know what I mean? Like really like nothing. Well, and that's like, I, I personally don't ever think I had a problem with alcohol in terms of like alcohol abuse, but I stopped drinking almost seven years ago because to a T almost every time that I drank alcohol to excess, which I would do, you know, you're going out and you're getting drunk with friends or going to a bar or at a part, even at a work party, it would always weaken my resolve with food and something would happen with food. Like I, the la the very last time that I actually drank and got drunk, I remember that I had, I had known that I made bad food choices when I drank. So I was like, I have to make sure there's nothing in the house. You know, there's nothing in the house that I, you know, there's no jar of peanut butter I can open and, and consume. You know, there's no box of keto treats, like even stuff like that. Like, and I remember 2 a.m. trying to defrost a steak and cook it. Food I didn't need, but I was making that choice drunk in my apartment. And I was like, I don't. I don't need that challenge. I don't get enough out of drinking for it to be worth me putting myself in that situation. And now it's been a couple, you know, it's been almost seven years. And I don't think I've missed out on any opportunities to enjoy people or have fun with people because I don't. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's that's super encouraging for me to hear, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I think just sometimes, like, bro, you have to understand, like, I've drank since I was, you know, a 14-year-old kid. Um, and... A lot of the times, you know, like going through the holidays on 75 hard was kind of like a weird thing, like not drinking on Memorial Day and, you know, just like going through Saturdays. I'd be sitting on the couch with my wife on Saturday night and I'll be looking over at her and I'm like, you know, almost like, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, if you're going to quit doing anything, like even eating, dude, you have to keep busy. You have to do something to keep your time busy. 
Well, especially when you use food and alcohol and other things to fulfill something in your life, you need to fulfill that thing in another way. You need to find a healthy, like whether it's a feeling or whether it's, you know, like people that use substances so that they don't feel as shy, like, or they use food to escape, like, okay, if, if I'm using this to treat myself, you know, not treat like a sweet treat, but like treat from a medical perspective, like treat something that's going on in my life, how do I fulfill that need in a way that actually is fulfilling it as a healthy need? Instead right. of continuing to choose this path of self-harm because I don't know any other way to do it. Right. And it's, it's not, and you know this, the changes you're making, like it's not always easy. You know, it's not always clear answers. It's not oh, yeah. laid out, you know, yes, is 75 hard a program that's laid out clearly for you from day one? 100% it is. You know exactly what you need to do. But is there, is there something telling you every day, this is exactly how you do this successfully? Like, those are things that you need to work through and learn for yourself. You know, I've seen some people, I've seen some people come through 75 hard and do amazingly, you know, and do it again or move on to the next phases. And I've seen it crush some people because it was not what the tool that they needed at that time. But if it's a tool that works for you, you know, use it and thrive with it. You know, the same way with ways of eating or stopping drinking, you know, like all of these things are choices oh, and tools yeah. in our lives. Like, but sometimes it takes, it doesn't mean that just making the decision to stop something is going to make it automatically easy. It means that there might be some work you need to do to get through it, but it's worth doing that work to come out on the other side and know all of the great benefits that you're reaping, you know, specifically for yourself as a father. Oh, yeah. I like uh, I like everything you're saying right now, man. I especially like, you know, the way you're talking about it being a tool for some people. You know, people, uh, especially I've seen just in the past, whenever I started following a lot of people in the weight loss influencer realm... <laughs> It was, uh, there was a lot of camaraderie and a lot of attaboys and like, a, felt like a lot of love. And sometimes I see like a lot of hate, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care if you lost weight with VSG or, you know what I'm saying? Or if you did it natural or if you're on keto or if you're a freaking vegetarian or, you know, okay, here's something. Uh, oh, I, I never even mentioned this, dude. I, I take semaglutide right now, you know? And, um. It's helped me substantially. And if you're listening to this and you've thought about, you know, doing VSG, I've thought about it too. But I would recommend trying this first because I've had some of my best results with this so far. And I really think it's changing my mindset, my brain. I've heard semaglutides help people with addiction that are like addicted to smoking cigarettes, addicted to drinking, that it's helped them, you know, be away from that too. Um, and I've cycled off of it so far. I've cycled off of it this year, too. And well, been back on it. Yeah, well, I, I, I want to speak to something that you brought up, you know, and that's that that infighting or that, that hatred or, you know, or just ire directed at people. Like, you know, you see, it, it's, it's so... The funny thing to me is, like, it's not just one-sided. You know, it's, you know, the... The vegans attacking these people, and the keto people attacking these people, and the VSG people attacking these people. And that's the thing that, as as someone who, like, I know the tools that I've used, but I've also, like, client-wise, I work with people doing all kinds of things at different points in their, their journeys. You know, personally, like, look at the podcast. This isn't a keto podcast. You know, I talk to people that have lost weight by pretty much every method you could, you could ever think of have been on this show. So I have those connections, and I look, and I see, like, so I see people who have, quote unquote, lost weight naturally, you know, in quotes, 
um, attacking people that have made the choice to have surgery as if the choice to have surgery is easy. I see people that have had surgery, you know, and this, you know, sitting there saying, you know, you never have to cut, you know, cutting carbs is dumb. You don't have to cut carbs. Anyone who tells you to cut carbs is stupid. Like, why are you attacking the tools that have helped people? If VSG helped you, great, do that. If keto helped you, great, do that. If Weight Watchers helped you, great, do that. If using semiglutides is something that is, and you know, when I've seen people, especially people that have struggled with like severe food addiction, get incredible relief using it, you know, and, and going into any tool that you're using with your mind open, aware of the pros and the cons and the effects and all of those things, make the right choices for yourself, but don't ever dog someone else for what they're doing. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I've had, you know, I've had people on the show who love 75 hard and I have people on the show who have hated 75 hard. Like I had Shane who works for Andy Frisella on the show, you know, works in the 75 hard brand. He obviously is coming from a perspective of, you know, what the, the amazing things that 75 hard has done for him and what he's seen it do for countless people. And then I've had other people, you know, who talked to me after that episode and they're like, I can't believe you had someone on who, who would push 75 hard. It, it destroys people. And I'm like, everything can destroy people. Like you're talking about the individual, like you're, it's not about necessarily the tool that they're using being something that is overall in this bad place. Like don't, you know, yes. Have there been people that have had severe complications from surgeries? Of course. Are there people that have severe reactions when they cut carbohydrates? Of course. Like understand that there's a lot of tools out there. And the less I think we, we push back on each other about it, except that you need what you need and let other people use what they use. We'd all be in a much happier, less stressed out place in the world. And you're right. That's something that I think has been growing for like the past three years or so, you know, in the internet space. Like it almost felt like before that, it was it was lower amounts of that happening. Yeah, no, I, I mean I agree with you, bro. Because there's sort of like you know I look, <laughs> and I I wouldn't consider myself like I consider like when I look back at like my old Instagram from three years ago, like you know yourself, and there's like a few other people that I'm like these are like the pioneers of like the weight loss influence like you know wave of like you see it everywhere, you know what I'm saying, and it's great, and I'm not hating, and I freaking love it, dude. Gosh, if it's working for you, but you know, all those things that you're talking about, keto, semaglutide, VSG, veganism, whatever, intermittent fasting, whatever you're doing, if you don't work and do it consistently, mm -hmm. then it's not going to work for you, you know? Well, because at the end of the day, there's no magic pill. Yeah, there's no magic pill, dude. Everybody's just trying to go through this life, figure it out. So be nice. Give somebody a hug. Mm -hmm. Tell them they're doing a great job. And if they're not, call them on their bullshit, but with love, mm -hmm. you know? Well, and that's the thing. When you're calling someone out on their bullshit, if you're if you're not someone who's been in that person's life and has shown them care before, they're probably not going to listen to you doing that. You know, like, and that's what I think happens on the internet. You know, when people are like, try to call people out over things. And it's like, if you're not a, a part of that person's life, of course they get defensive when the first communication you ever have with them is you going on the attack. You know, take a deep breath and realize that you might want to get to know a person before you immediately start to tear them apart. Like, take a... You know, take, take, learn, see someone as a human being before you see them as someone that you feel like you have the right answer for, is all I would say. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree. I, uh, you know, I, for one, <laughs> there, there's some, whenever I was a big guy and I started going into the gym, dude, I hated it because I would see these, like, huge, you know, buffed up, muscled up guys, like, that were freaking, you know, just, like, 
brick shit houses, dude. You know what I'm saying? They're like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movies, but except, you know, over here benching. And it intimidated me big time, bro. And uh, I belong to a CrossFit gym. And, you know, I've been fortunate that they've asked me to be on the coaching staff. And, you know, I feel super unworthy of this. You know, but I feel like if you can be approachable to people and make them see that fitness can be fun, and then you can make it, you know, into a lifestyle that's not just, you know, at the gym or at the house, but, you know, a little bit of community too, bro. And that's what the weight loss community, you know, used to be about, just, you know, togetherness and, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it's just, you know, trying to, everybody's trying to bust a profit, bro. And that's good. Make your money, dude. I want everybody to get paid, but. Oh, we could we could probably spend another hour talking about the the monetization of that space. I was I was ranting with someone else about that yesterday. Like, and and don't get me wrong, you know, I I do coaching. I exist in that space. You know, I'm 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 selling something, but that's I think great. It's, but listen, I but I it's look just at become you, like yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I'm sorry to cut you off, bro. But I think you're eligible to coach somebody because I mean, bro, I just like you know, I don't know exactly your whole 100 percent story. I have a pretty good idea of most of it. And, you know, you've lost a substantial amount of weight twice. So, I mean, if anybody's a contender, I, th I think you can tell some people some things. You know what I mean? Well, understood. Understood. I appreciate that. So, let's talk about you, man. Let's get back into you. So, where are you at now? Like, where are you at with, with your weight and your goals and, and all of those good things? Um, it's funny. <laughs> Today... I was like 276, 277, but there's this grocery store because I, I told you I had to go get some, some headphones, and uh, there was a scale there at this grocery store. It's called Publix, and I don't know if you've ever seen one. It's down here in Florida. Okay, cool. So you know about the promised land. God bless Publix, dude. Uh, they have a scale there, and it only goes to 300. So for many, many moons, I have not been able to weigh myself, and I saw it today. I was like, oh, I'm going to weigh myself. And it was fun. It said two seventy seven, but uh, yeah. Which I'm, is it's later in the day, and you know I've all your clothes on, so. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't care. Dude. <laughs> I know the scale fluctuates. It's yeah. not oh, end yeah. all be all for me, dude. But nice. I mean, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place good. with my journey right now. I feel like I'm about at that place where usually I would be satisfied and quit, but I'm just like so focused on not being satisfied because I just want to see, you know, what can really happen with just laser focus you know what i mean it's it's switching from saying i don't you know i can't do that to what if i did right you know like let me let me just yeah that this is a lot of hard work but let me just see what would happen if i did it you know let me you know a, another round of 75 hard let me see what happens like let me be open to those possibilities you know instead of you know being someone and not saying that you are but like i see it all the time with people where they're like i've tried a hundred times and i just can't and it's like, well, what if the 101st time is the time that you get it right? Like, don't close yourself off to possibility just because of past experiences. You can't change the past. All you can do is step into the future and be trying something different. You know, like if you're doing the same exact thing over and over again and failing at it, like the same exact, you know, the same exact way of eating and exercise and plan and like hitting those, those points and making those changes. Like, yeah, maybe you do need to kind of shake things up a little bit, but be willing to learn and grow from all of those experiences and continue to move yourself forward. Like, I think that's the important thing, like you said about what's going on for you this time, you know, is a lot on the mental and mindset side in terms of like knowing what's at stake for you and what you're fighting for. I just think is, is something that's just so important for people to hear. 
So yeah, it, it, and I, and I just realized, I, I just realized, bro, just looking back historically, like this is where I get mm-hmm. satisfied and content. And I just, dude, I just like, I'm, I'm, I look at myself right now and a lot of people are like, you look great, but like, I'm disgusted, bro. Like, I'm just like, do better. You, you got more in the tank, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm very hard on myself. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that you know, would be like, oh, you, you need to be easy and have some grace on yourself, but I talk a little shit to Tony, bro. I like to, I like to, you know, I, I say that I'll be on runs by myself and I'll be talking to myself. <laughs> bro, like, I'm a little bit crazy, dude. I'm outside the can, bro. I did a lot of drugs growing up. Well, as long as you're nice to yourself now and then, it's okay to sometimes be hard on yourself. Yeah, it is good. You gotta, you gotta really I mean, have some balance there. Yeah. You know, discipline's the, the, the truest form of self-love. Mm-hmm. But I definitely agree. Yeah, it's like I was just last night talking with a client who struggles with that mindset of seeing eating, you know, weight loss and being on a diet and, and making changes to what he's eating. Like just still struggles sometimes in that place of it feels like punishment, you know, and so we work on a lot that realizing that treating your body right and feeding your body the food that makes it feel good is a gift you're giving yourself. Getting up every day and doing something active is a gift you're giving yourself. Like, it's, it is just some days it just comes down to perspective. You know, you're not punishing yourself for what you did in the past. You're treating, you're, you're gifting yourself things because of the things you want to do in the future. You know, you're making the future possible by the actions you're taking. And I think that's, you know, something that's really powerful about your story is this idea that the actions you're taking are about you having, you know, you know that you've lost some time with your kids, but it's about, the time that you do have now and the time that you're going to have and making the most of that and being able to give all to that. Like, I think that's, that's something that people listening need to hear. You know, it's, it's easy to get stuck in the past. And I think honestly, man, there's a lot that you've been through that you could probably very easily get stuck on. You know, there are probably people listening who are like, I haven't dealt with half the crap that this guy has in his life, but you're still choosing to move forward. You're still choosing to better yourself. You know, there's more in the tank. And I just think that that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you got to, man. I mean, you know, there was a point where I, I sat back and uh, woe was me. You know what I'm saying? That I, it was, it was not, it was everybody's fault except mine, bro. But the second I looked in that mirror, you know, high on meth at the at the pool bathroom, and was just disgusted, and decided to, you know, take responsibility for, you know, what all was going on in my life, and. That's something I try to do, you know what I'm saying? Look at myself and, you know, say, are you satisfied what's going on? You know what I mean? Understood, man. Understood. Well, Tony, is there any part of your story that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet today you want to make sure we get in here? Oh, man, I just, like, really can't think of anything, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm an open book, bro. You can ask anything, but I just, uh, you know, the only thing I can say is, the reason I think this time the weight loss is different, and I hope this can encourage some people that have, you know, been like us and lost weight and gained it back and lost weight and gained it back is, you know, this life is all about trial and error, and you're going to figure things out and try to look back at, you know, you know, the history of, like, what happens whenever you lose weight and change that, you know? It, it, it took me a long time because I would kind of get back in these, you know, habits, and, you know, I think just getting your reps super important. And I'm not just talking about in the gym. I'm talking about in life. You got to get your reps. I love it, man. Well, Tony, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Hit me. 
Okay, so man, question number one. Tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oof. Chris Farley. There we go. Question number two, Tony. What is something about yourself that you love? Uh, something about myself that I love. I love that I got a neck again. <laughs> hey, that's that's an important one, man. That's important. Yeah. Tony, question number three. Thinking about this journey that you've been on, what is the most important new habit that you've built? Walking. Walks are major key. If anybody's ever told you that walking isn't going to burn exercise or walking is bad for you, they're, they're wrong because mm -hmm. walking is good for you physically and mentally, and it's good to get vitamin D. It's just it's good. Get outside. Take a freaking walk for 45 minutes. I don't care if you're on 75 hard or not. Walk your dog. Walk your kids. Walk your granny. Walk your damn self. Go on walks. I like it. I love it, man. Question number four, Tony. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Uh, to get my real estate license. There you go. I like it. Question number five, man, last official question of the day for you. Tell us if you could go back to Tony on day one of, of this journey of yours, what is something you would tell yourself? I would say, I'd say put that damn bottle down and get your ass to work, dude. Mm. <laughs> and like keep it, it down. And yep. keep it down, Jack. There you go. There you go, man. So, Tony, I've really appreciated our time today. If people listening want to connect with you, follow along on this next round of 75 Harder. Just see what you're up to and say howdy. Where do they find you, man? Uh, my Instagram handle is at shrinkingbigpapacosta89. There we go. There we go. So, Tony, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. Definitely. And Tony is not going. He's going to join me on the Patreon after show. Don't forget that if you are a member of the Patreon, you get access to special bonus episodes that drop every week. And so we're going to go talk there. But for now, connect with Tony. His information will be in the show notes. You can connect with me at Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram, at Gourmet Goes Keto on Twitter. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And you can check out everything I'm doing with blogs and recipes and coaching and all that at theketoroad.com. So my friends, Big thank you once again for still being out there listening. I appreciate all of you. I want you to go out there and do something today to amaze yourselves because you are still the most amazing people that I know. Then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.